The role of Yitzias Mitzrayim as the formative event in Jewish development, in Klal Yisrael's development, says a lot about the significance of Chayra's freedom in terms of what it means to be a Yid, to be a Jew. Everything which Chayra's connotes, dignity, the aspiration for greatness, the expression of the individual, one's individual neshama and vision in Torah life. All of that is integral, essential to a Jew. Cheiros is precious, yet at the same time precarious. It is so easy to lose this most cherished virtue, to abdicate the greatness of Cheiros. One can feel lowly. One can feel stigmatized by aggressors, whether real or imagined. I would like to suggest that this fragile hold on freedom is captured by the first mitzvah in this week's Parsha Mishpatim, the mitzvah of Ebed Ivri, when a Jew becomes a slave. It represents that all the cherished blessings of Cheiros can be so easily lost. And with it, the chashivas, the greatness of a Jew, can fall by the wayside so easily. This will become apparent sharper and more resonantly from the pattern we are about to trace and reveal tonight. Countless clues will surface in the mitzvah narrative of Ebed Evri, showing that the Yavad is devolving back to the state of Sheba Mitzrayim. It is as though he is a, a Jew enslaved in Mitzrayim again and struggling to find his way back, struggling to recover Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim and with it the formative development of a Jew. Let's begin with the very name and title, Eved Ivri literally a Hebrew slave, Ivri. That is a very strange term. In no other mitzvah are the Jewish people addressed as Ivrim or Ivri. Generally, we are called Yisrael. In fact, the term Ivri really only appears in the early stages of Klal Yisrael, in Sefer Bereshis, when we are still a, a family rather than a nation, or in the beginning of Sefer Shemos, while we're in Mitzrayim. However, once we leave Mitzrayim and receive Torah, you will never find the Jewish people addressed again as Ivri, only as B'nai Yisrael. And there's a very, very logical reason for that. Because Ivri simply connotes, on its, in its Pshat meaning, the tribal origin of the Jewish people. Either that Avram came to Avril and Arf, from the Aver, the other side, the east side of the river, or perhaps it points to our ancestor Aver. Either way, it does not capture the spiritual essence of a Jew. It simply describes our place within the family of nations, Ivri. And therefore, once we leave Mitzrayim, once we become a Klal Yisrael, Ivri will not appear in all of Chumash. It's not who we are. We are so much more than that. Likewise in the Navi, the term will not appear except when describing the Jewish people's relationship to other nations. 
for example, in Treyasar, in the story of Yonah, when Yonah is conversing with Gentile shipmates, he says, Ivri Anochi, he calls himself an Ivri. Or in Sefer Shmuel, when the Jewish people are battling the Plish and the Philistines, they're called Ivri. That is because in relationship to the outside world, the full spiritual significance of what it means to be a Jew. Yisrael cannot be appreciated, we're merely Ivri. But generally, after Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, we are never called Ivri again, certainly amongst ourselves. The one shocking exception is Evid Ivri when describing the slave. But actually, it is not shocking at all. That is exactly the point. This Jew who has become a slave is devolving back to the state, pre-Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, before we attained our greatness of a Klal Yisrael. He's abdicating the privilege of Yiddishkeit of Judaism. All we achieved at Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, Matan Torah, he is a mere every again. And the clues continue, pointing to what has become of this individual. Because now let's study a shocking halacha in the mitzvah of Evan Ivri. And that is his master has the right limsar lo shifcha kananis, to pair him up with a non-Jewish maidservant in order to sear children, more slaves. Now this is over the top, so provocative, so shocking. Allowing a Jew, this Evan Ivri, to live to have relations with a non-Jewish maidservant... It says a lot about how this individual has lost his Kedushas Yisrael. Not only is he living with a Shefcha, a non-Jewess, but there's more to it than that. There's more to the debasement of living with a Shefcha than simply the fact that she's not Jewish. A Shefcha represents promiscuity. As we see in Unclus' commentary in Sefer Dvarim, Unclus' rendering of the Losase, Lotia, Kadesh, Lotia, Kadesha, Jew is not allowed to engage in promiscuity, which Unclus renders to mean don't have relations with a Shifcha, because a Shifcha is a creature of promiscuity. Kiddushin, true Jewish marriage, is not a possibility with her. So here, when this evidently is paired up with a shifcha, paired up with a maidservant, the very embodiment of promiscuity, that says a lot about where he's at. In particular, it says a lot about the debasement of being an evid. Because the Gemara tells us, a slave is morally debased. A slave does not have that dignity that says, I want better, I want higher for my human relationships than promiscuity. And this issue, the dignity of relationship versus promiscuity, is central to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The Medrash tells us that the Jewish people were only redeemed from Mitzrayim because we remained pure in the area of human relations. We never allowed ourselves to be physically exploited by the Mitzrayim. And the Medrash links this back to the story of Yosef, the first Jewish slave in Mitzrayim, who so passionately refused Aishas Potiphar, his Egyptian mistress's endeavor to seduce him. So here we have the issue of morality, of avoiding promiscuity, so essential to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to becoming free, lost here with regard to Seven Ivri. This halacha, shocking as it is, provocative as it is, allowing the Evan Ivri to live with the Shifcha, is yet another powerful expression 
of how he's abdicated the privilege of Yitzhiz Mitzrayim and the Kedusha of what it means to be a Jew. And then we have, in the Eved Every narrative, another phase. The phase of Eved Mirza, the phase of the slave who even when his first term of slavery is over, six years have passed by, he's allowed to go free. He says, I want to remain a slave. I love my master. I love this new wife. In quotes, this shivcha, this maid who I've been paired up with, I don't want to leave. So he is retaken as a slave, a self-induced slavery. And the procedure is his master pierces his ear in front of Delosumzuza, a door and a doorpost. And the Gemara explains the significance of that ritual. Why is his ear pierced in front of a doorpost and a door? explains the Gemara, this harkens back to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, to the great event by the door and the doorpost. When Hashem passed over our door and doorpost to Mitzrayim, our Karpan Pasach blood-stained door and doorpost, and he declared, the Jewish people are my Avadim, they will never again be Avadim to other people. Well, explains the Gemara, the evidence giving that all up by embracing slavery on his own volition. This evidence this is denying or shifting away from that formative event of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim at the doorpost. So hence his ear is pierced at the door. Well, this Gemara is no longer a self-contained statement of Chazal. But now we see its placement within a larger picture, within a larger mosaic, countless clues pointing to the Eved Ivri, devolving back to the pre-Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim state, the pit of a Jewish people as slaves. And with this, we can continue to trace clues. In another piece of the above-cited Gemara, discussing the Eved Nirza, this slave who brought more slavery upon himself, the Gemara explains why is his ear pierced? Why is ear more than more so than other limbs? And it says, O Zanzesha Shamal Harsinai, this ear heard at Harsinai, He heard at Harsinai the Pasak, the Jewish people are supposed to be Mayavadam, never the Eva to another individual. And yet he's taking slavery upon himself, pierced that ear that has not allowed the message of Harsinai to penetrate. Now this Gemara is well known, but on a surface level, mystifying. What does it mean the ear heard at Harsinai? Where do we find it in the Harsinai revelation, the statement the Jewish people are to be Hashem's Avadim and not Avadim to anyone else? Yes, we can indirectly link it back to the themes of of Maimed Harsinai, but the Gemara seems to be saying the ears of the Jewish people explicitly heard at Harsinai this message. And it doesn't seem to be there in the Pesachim. The Pesach, the Jewish people are only Hashem Zavadim, is only later in Parshas Bahar. So what does the Gemara mean? Well, I would suggest the Gemara has in mind the most central declaration of Maimed Harsinai, and that is the first of the Asar Sadebris, the first commandment of the Ten. I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Mitzrayim. Which Rashi renders to mean, I am your God, because I took you out of Mitzrayim. Having taken you out from Mitzrayim is reason that I be Elokecha, your God, now. 
I took you out from subjugation to other human beings, now to in turn become subjects to me alone. Well, that is so clearly the message. We must be avadim to Hashem alone, which is a privilege and a dignified position rather than the lowly position of slaves to mere mortals. In fact, the wording of the above-cited Rashi rendering Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Kedai hi avadim li. It is appropriate, my having taken you out, that you be avadim to me, echoes of the Pasuk cited by the Gemara regarding the Eved Ivri, Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim. Kili b'nei Yisrael avadim echoes of Kedai hi avadim li. Rashi's rendering of the Harsinai Declaration. It's very clear, this explanation, that the piercing of the slave's ear is within itself expressing the loss of the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim virtue, the Anochi Hashem Alokacha Asher Mitzrayim, that which was declared at Harsinai, I took you out of Mitzrayim to be my subjects and never subjects to anyone else, Anochi Hashem Alokacha, I alone are your master, you will never bend your knee to anyone else that has been lost by the Evidivri. He truly has abdicated the privileges of what it means to be a Jew. But yet ultimately, all Avadim Ivriyim, all Jewish slaves go free, even the slave who accepted a second term of slavery upon himself. Eventually all Avadim Ivriyim go free, at least at the time of the Yovel, the Jubilee year, as we know. I would argue the ultimate freedom of the Eved Ivri is an assertion that a Jew never can shed his Judaism, his Jewishness, his Jewish identity, even if he or she tries to. And with that, a Jew can never lose, totally surrender their hold on freedom. Because it is who we are. You are dignified. You have aspirations for greatness. Somewhere buried in your neshama. You must become free. The Eved Ivri must reattain the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim of old. And the Clue in this direction is a halacha, which tells us that the Eved Ivri receives ha'anaka, a gift from his master before he leaves. Which is so clearly a throwback and an echo to the wealth which the Jewish people took out with them from Mitzrayim, the Rechash Gadol. In fact, Rashi picks up on this in Sefer Tvarim. And he says the double portion gift which, which the slave, the Eved Ivri, is given on his way out correlates to the double portion of bounty which the Jewish people receive from the Mitzrayim. First wealth on their way out from Mitzrayim, and then a second batch of wealth when they recovered the treasures at Yamsuf after the Egyptian army was decimated at Yamsuf. So again, more than a freestanding commentary of Chazal here regarding the Hanukkah, the gift to the Eved Ivri. That's the statement now assumes a larger place, a larger framework within a mosaic. The Eved Ivri, throughout his experiences, is initially devolving back to the state of the Jewish people in Mitzrayim and even losing our entire heritage of freedom. As we saw, 
the moral heritage, the kedusha of relationship, which the Jewish people held to Mitzrayim and were therefore redeemed. The evidence loses this. He's paired up with no less than a shivcha. He is called, as we traced, an Eved Evri, a mere Hebrew. He is not a Jew. But ultimately, he must be set free and re-experience Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim of his own with all the trimmings, including the Rechash As a pattern, putting this all together, weaving it together as a cohesive tapestry. What emerges here in this mitzvah of the Eved Ivri is that we're being told for all time, Yitzias Mitzrayim, Cheiros, freedom is precious. Precious and therefore precarious. It can be lost so easily. Not only the Eved Ivri in the legal sense, but all of us can become Avadim again. All of us can allow ourselves to feel lowly, to be stigmatized by aggressors, whether real and imagined, and lose all of the dignity, or seem to lose all of the dignity, all of the virtual of this formative trait of what it means to be a Jew, to be a free person, to have a sense of self, to have an individual vision, and a shama, which is me and no one else, which must find elevated expression in a Torah life. But ultimately, none of us can shed it. It is who we are. The Eved Ivri, whether in the legal sense or any Jew, who allows themselves to be demeaned, so painfully demeaned, who brings upon themselves the lowliness of Avdus. We can all find freedom. We can all find this cherished virtue. Ultimately, every Jew must be set free. That is the ultimate message of Eved Ivri.